Hello and welcome to another episode of the Transportation Exchange Podcast presented by Rush Trucks Into Canada. I'm your host, Jason Cuddy. On today's episode, we're excited to welcome Andrea and Antonio from Cummins. Guys, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks very much for having me here. So you're our first repeat guest on the show. So welcome back. Thank you. I'm honored. <laughs> so yeah, so today we wanted to dig into, I guess, some you know exciting news that's been going on with Cummins as a whole, uh, the the industry and kind of what we see coming down the future with regards to some new new regulations and things behind the scenes with zero emissions and you know what you guys have been working on kind of going forward. But I thought maybe we'll start by tackling kind of the biggest challenge we've had, which has been supply chain. We've, we've been through a lot of issues getting a product and equipment out to the market and into the factories. So maybe kind of give us a snapshot of, you know, what have you guys been through? How have you met it? And, you know, what, what do you see in the future for the supply chain challenges? Uh, well, I can say for the last two years, I've been definitely the most challenging in my two decades with Cummins. Um from an operating efficiency point of view, we had the COVID-19 protocols, labor shortages, absenteeism, fluctuating customer demand, uh, constrained parts. We had the global chip shortages and uh, transportation and logistics disruptions. So it's been very challenging for you've, us. You've had it all thrown at you. Yeah, all at <laughs> once in the, in the last two years, definitely. Um, as For a standpoint, for recovery process, uh, we're doing a bunch of initiatives that are focusing on uh, logistical improvements. So we're reducing costs or increase the speed of the moving freight. It could be redirecting from less impacted ports or changing the mode of transportation from ocean to freight to rail. Uh, We're also increasing our physical presence um, in the hotspots and adding resources to operational coverage to help manage and prioritization and escalation of the components. That's what we're looking at right now. Fair enough. I mean, it sounds like you got a good handle on it. I mean, it's been such a curveball for the last two years to try and make sense. What I know from our side, you know, with all the suppliers we have and you guys being probably one of the key ones that, yeah, this has been, you know, a big thing to try and tackle for sure. Oh, absolutely. And some of our priorities moving forward is to really stabilize the supply and costs and improves our supply chain resiliency, um, not in just short term, but also in the medium term. So we're looking ahead as well. Excellent. Yeah. So hopefully the initiatives will help smooth out the process and, you know, take out some of the guesswork of when product is going to be available to, you know, to, to everybody. Absolutely. Excellent. And the, the key piece, I think that I'm just kind of learning about, and, you know, maybe it's not everyone's radar right now, but obviously we have some new emission targets to potentially hit coming from our friends at CARB for, for 24 that are going to impact obviously the engines specifically. Um, you know, from a high-level point of view, what what are we looking at, and I guess, the next couple of years as far as emission challenges to meet? Yeah, it's a great point. Um, while the world's been dealing with the with the pandemic, um, there have still been regulations that are uh, that have been coming towards us that we've had to um, brace for and, and be ready for changes. So, so for twenty twenty two, the the largest changes and the most significant impact to, to end users regarding EPA and carb changes will relate to the emissions warranty coverage. Um, emissions warranty generally covers after-treatment components, like our industry-leading single-module after-treatment system. And so prior to 2022, um, EPA, so the Environmental Protection Agency, and, and CARB, California Air and Resources Board, um, their, their emissions requirements were identical. So they were five years, uh, 100,000 miles uh, for, for new products. So to address this, Cummins will be offering one identical product with two distinct emission warranty periods to meet the different EPA and CARB requirements. 
So products, products ordered with an EPA required requirement will continue to carry that traditional emissions coverage of five years, 100,000 miles. And then units that are ordered with a CARB requirement will, um, will see the mentioned warranty adjustments or the mentioned warranty um, extensions on their base coverage for, for emissions. Um, it'll be really important for customers and fleets to understand where the units are being registered. Um, if their state or province requires um, carb emissions warranty, then they'll need to order that from new. Um, the other thing with the carb sort of uh, the carb requirement, it will also come with that silver clean idle decal that's affixed to the driver door that we see on uh, many commercial vehicles on the roads today. Right. Yeah, and I've seen that too. I'm starting to you know build trucks into the next year. I've noticed that as a, a line item to pick where before it kind of wasn't there. So obviously clarifying where is this, you know, product going to be used because you don't want to add extra cost if it doesn't need to meet those requirements for where it's running, obviously. Right. And it's a, and it's a, and it's a, and it's a give and get as well. You know, while there is some additional cost with a car required unit, um, you will have that warranty extension. Right. Yeah. So you get something for it at least, but yeah, it's, it's a different regulation to, to meet, which has been, I think, the challenge in, you know, CARB 24, I guess it's the next kind of big, you know, push we're going to see. And like you said, not necessarily aligned with the EPA kind of regulations, but obviously with the size that California is and the amount of fleets that go in and out of there, uh, let alone the ones that are domiciled there, that's, you know, there's some big changes kind of, you know, in the pipeline coming. So, you know, there'll be, there'll be some stuff to meet. And I know, you know, I guess the, the unfortunate of all this is sometimes we're going to start seeing some some uptick in cost, right? With with some new emission requirements, and it'll hit all these new carb standards. We're going to see additional costs on top of just the warranty part as well. Yep, absolutely. I mean, new products do, and new technologies do bring um, new costs. But with with the new world that we're moving towards um, towards in that that is just going to be inevitable. Yeah, no, and fair enough. And it, it's all serving a good purpose, right? You're, you're getting, you know, trying to get you know as green as possible and, and take out you know the pollution. So it, it's it's doing its job. Um, but it's, I guess, understanding regulations and, you know, if you're running into those areas, make sure that you're specking your, your product properly so that you don't have any challenges, you know, when you, when you get into those areas. Absolutely. And that, that carb requirement will be kind of intertwined with the chassis itself um, and its carb requirements as well. So um, just adding a carb warranty or a, a clean idle decal after a unit's been already put into service um, is, is not really an option at this point. Right. No, well said. I guess on, on the Cummins side, you guys have also kind of been busy the last little bit, not only supplying engines and trying to make it through the supply chain, but you've been acquiring some different companies to add to your portfolio and, and strengthen your roster. Maybe kind of walk us through what you guys have been up to the last little bit since we last talked. So it's been a very transformative year for uh, for Cummins. Uh, business decisions and acquisitions are positioning us to remain a strong player in whatever fuel emerges as the industry winner. So in January, we were uh, Cummins made the decision to buy out the joint venture that we had with Westport, and we entered a new joint venture with Rush Truck Centers in its natural gas focused momentum fuel technology business. So that'll be interesting to watch unfold in in the near future. Definitely. Uh, Also in January, we had the announcement that uh, Cummins and Isuzu are collaborating on a mid range electric truck prototype. That was a great announcement as well. Yeah, and that'll be exciting because I think that's a, a sweet spot for the electric piece is that medium-duty world for sure. Absolutely. Um, and then early February, uh, Cummins announced that we had the acquisition of the Jacob Vehicle Systems. So they're best known for their Jake Brake System. Right. Um, Cummins really sees a role for the cylinder deactivation um, in their current and their future products. Nice. Yeah, so that'll be a great one as well. 
Um, JVS brings a lot of engineering expertise and best-in-class and key manufacturing capabilities that will allow us to continue developing technologies that will deliver market-leading performance and emissions. Nice. That's a good fit. Yeah, because you think of it, I know when I think of just engine braking, I don't think of all the other things behind the scenes that that they do that obviously we're not necessarily privy to, but... You know, when you lay it out like that, definitely makes sense as far as a partnership and, and acquiring them into your business. Definitely. And then that brings us to the latest announcement um, that we have. Cummins has signed an agreement to acquire Meritor. Yes. And that's a big milestone for Cummins. Um, Meritor is an industry leader, and with the addition of their strengths, it will help us with the critical technology challenges on the path to zero carbon uh, solutions. Nice. Yeah. I think that one, and I caught a lot of people by surprise. And it's, and it's kind of neat. That's why I wanted to have you guys on to kind of, you know, just get a high level of that because, you know, when we think Meritor, I don't think anything to do with engines, right? So it doesn't, you see it and you go, that's a weird, weird fit, you know, mm-hmm. as far as, as far as a partnership and an acquiring. But, you know, as, as you read a bit more and you kind of explain a bit, obviously there's some synergies there that you guys can tap into to move forward to, you know, where you guys need to go into the future with regards to, you know, getting towards some zero emission uh, requirements. Absolutely. I think these acquisitions are going to allow Cummins to better integrate valuable components and focus on building or providing, sorry, key components to help optimize integration of the powertrain solutions across the combustion and electric power applications and help our support our destination zero strategy. Nice. Yeah, no. And that, that makes sense, right? You got to try and get that connected drivetrain, especially when you're going to zero emissions. And I guess part of that is, you know, clearly Cummins has a path to, to zero emissions at some point, you know, obviously it's, it's a long gameplay. We're still talking, you know, tens of years out to, to where we're getting pushed to, especially with the carb side. But obviously I know from seeing stuff with carb, they have a goal, they have a date and plan where, you know, they want the majority, if not all the equipment at some point to be zero emissions. And obviously as an energy manufacturer, you got to find a way to work around those, but also find a path to kind of get towards that. So maybe kind of walk us through, you know, what you guys are, are working towards. You're right, Jason. Um, there's definitely a path to get there and there really isn't going to be one solution to power us into the future. You know, customers need um, viable, scalable and eco-friendly solutions to to power their businesses and move them forward. So for this in 2024, we'll start to see um, some segments of our new fuel agnostic internal combustion engine platforms become available to market. So these new fuel agnostic engine platforms will feature, will feature uh, a series of engine versions that are derived from a common base engine, which means they have a high degree of parts commonality. The platforms will use common architecture below the cylinder head and different components above the cylinder head for different fuel types. So if we look at the B6.7 as an example, um, you know, currently we have a diesel B6.7 product. And we also right. have a natural gas product as well. Well, if we have a common block underneath and we can, and we can run above, above the cylinder head, have a different fuel train. So whether it be gasoline, whether it be propane, or whether it be hydrogen powered, um, the idea behind that is to have this, this common parts, uh, this, this parts commonality to help support number one integration into several different chassis. Right. And then number two, also help fleets with uh, giving them a different choice or a different option to run a different fuel for, depending on uh, the application they're running for uh, a segment of their fleet and maybe an, another, maybe a remote uh, component of their fleet is running a different fuel. Um, it gives them that ability to run uh, some f- familiar components. No, that's, that's huge. Because instead of it being, you know, a different engine for each application, you know, because you think of it, okay, natural gas or propane, it's a totally different architecture to all of them. So being able to have, you know, the, the core of it underneath be similar, 
we said from a parts and service capabilities and just even a knowledge of, of the engine itself will help. And then he said the top part is, you know, dedicated to whichever application you're using, but it's not a whole new product all around for each different type, which is just kind of good. Yeah, absolutely that. Um, so again, plans to offer, I think we'll see some gasoline options come out in 2024. And then we'll, as that progresses, progresses, we'll see, um, we will see uh, the plans to have some propane products as well as um, hydrogen has been a large talk um, or acquisition with hydrogenics, right. um, which is a, it's local to, uh, to Mississauga. Um, you know, they are number one, helping us with our uh, production of hydrogen through electro- electrolyzers, uh, but also helping us develop um, fuel, cell te- fuel cell technology, fuel cell technology <laughs> um, that's going to help for for hydro- hydrogen powered products. And you know, we, we talk about that Mariner acquisition and their their e axle technology. This is just another component that's going to that's going to help that whole system work together. Right, and that's and that's kind of why I was interested. It, it makes sense now with with the acquisition because you know, getting to that zero emission or you know, as close as you can to that zero emission footprint, I think everyone also always thinks electric. And I think that's kind of where the marketplace is going. But, you know, you touched on some other different technologies that help get to that point as well that, you know, the biggest trick I think in Canada, and especially here in Ontario, is, is a lot of it's the funding and the infrastructure and the support to, to make this product, you know, cost effective for the fleets. But it's coming, right? And I think when you get the car pushing, the amount it, it just kind of pushes everything else so you guys are kind of getting in front of it and starting to, to dive into the different technologies to have them as an offering when when it all makes sense for the fleets right and because it's so far in the future we do need some stepping stones to get there i mean um, love the technology of hydrogen but the infrastructure is just not there yet not only right. for our fleets but you know on our roads and um and fueling stations so some of these other um uh, the fuel agnostic um sorry the fuel agnostic uh, engine philosophy really helps to um, integrate some of these new fuel technologies a little bit slower so it's a little bit easier to, for our fleets and our customers to digest. Yeah, and anything even for our shop, right? It's new technology. I mean, the electric side is a different beast altogether, you know, and yeah. we're, we're diving into that. But obviously when you get you can keep the core of the internal, internal combustion engine there, you know, the guys, it's less training involved, you know, guys kind of got a good idea of what's supposed to be happening and you're just fine-tuning, you know, the training with regards to to which, which fuel source they're using. Absolutely. Yeah. So lots to look forward to for sure. Um, you know, and as carb 24 plays out and what comes on beyond carb and, and all the stuff that, that gets driven through the EPA and obviously it gets regulated into Canada, there's, you know, there's going to be some changes and, but I want to get in front of it and kind of get a high level of, you know, what's, what to be expected as far as emissions, what are you guys doing to kind of get in front of it? And then, you know, understanding how we're tackling our, our current problem of, you know, getting equipment out to the customer's hands. So it's been, uh, it's been to get that quick overview anyways on, on everything right now. Excellent. Well, guys, I want to thank you for taking the time to be on the, the show uh, again. You're a first repeat guest, so do appreciate you coming back and uh, look forward to having you on one more time, hopefully in the near future. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me back. I've uh, had a lot of fun today. Thanks. And thank you. And make sure that you see us at Truck World on April 21st, the 23rd, Hall 2 and Booth 2624. Excellent. Well, everyone go check them out and say hi to everybody there. And for that concludes our today's episode. And I want to thank Antonio and Andrea from Cummins for joining us to catch up on past episodes. Check out transportation exchange podcast.ca. And until next time, thanks for listening.